live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Now on Giddy Up, it's time for Stable Mail. 0499 736 736 to join our conversation. And, of course, Giddy Up brought to you by the world's favourite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Let's get stuck into Stable Mail. And Lucy Yeomans and Lloyd Kennewell have made a wonderful start to their training careers, or training association anyway. And um, Lucy Yeomans joins us on the line because their star cult I am unstoppable. We'll be looking to win the Cornwall Stud Stakes on Saturday afternoon. The biggest and best race, I think, on Saturday there at headquarters on Derby Day. Lucy, good morning to you. How are you feeling? Um, has the nerves started yet? Good morning. Uh, no, no nerves yet. I think um, being at the Ma used to stable for so long has sort of desensitised me to these big race days, which is quite handy leading into your first um, Group 1 runner in your name. But I guess in a way that they've got a they're such a big stable, Kiramar and David Eustace, they had group ones left, right and centre. When you're starting off your training career and you get a horse like I am, I am unstoppable. I guess if you can make this happen there on Saturday, I couldn't imagine what it might do for your for your business. Yeah, it's an amazing opportunity and um, very grateful for, to Lloyd for putting me in this position, um, you know, offering me, this role sort of six months ago and, and yeah, to be heading to what I think is the best day of Australian racing with two sort of live chances in group ones is, is very, very exciting. So I'm unstoppable. He's been set for this race. You've targeted all the, the straight races at Flemington so far, this carnival. Um, how much improvement have you seen in him since his last start? Because he's had a trial or a jump out in between Lucy. Yes. He went to, Flemington trialled up the straight with Blake Shin on board and, and trialled very well. Um, we gave him a nice hit out that kept him on the bridle um, and, he, and he came bouncing through that. So we've given him a, a light week, um, just ridden him slow under saddle um, out to Sandhills here at Cranbourne and, and he's really well. So at this stage, he's spot on. You know, there's still horses can change any minute, yeah. but both of our Group 1 boys are, are spot on. So we're very excited to get them to the races on Saturday. What have you made of the barrier draw? Because you've got a couple of your big dangers, like cylinders drawn next to you, basically in barrier 14. But some of the other big guns are on the other side with Shinzo barrier number four, Don Corleone barrier three, King's Gambit barrier two. The party's got barrier number one, some of the speed like an osmosis in barrier number six. Do you prefer to be drawn out wide down the straight here, Lucy? You happy with the, the marble that was drawn your way? Yeah, very much so. He's sort of drawn in all his other runs up the straight and we think it's half been a bit of his undoing. He's run into a bit of hard luck. Um, so we were very happy when we saw that he'd drawn 12. Whether if the field splits, what way Blake is going to go, I'm not sure. We'll leave that up to him. But we'll just ride our own race. Um, we think we've got a really quality colt. And, um, you know, we want to ride him, not cold, but just really get him into a nice rhythm and then just ride him to hit the line. He does have quite a brilliant turn of foot and he's won over 1,200 metres in the past. So, um, you know, if all goes to plan, he should be right there in the finish. You sound confident, Lucy. You're more confident going to Gold Trips Melbourne Cup last year <laughs> or going into Saturday's Coolmore Stud Stakes with I'm Unstoppable. Oh, I, I look stupidly. I wasn't even sure if Gold Trip would run out to thirty two hundred. So <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was not that confident. He'd obviously had a had a very solid preparation. So I, I thought, to be honest, I thought the bosses were crazy sending him to the Melbourne Cup after the prep he'd had. So I would say I'm probably more confident confident going into this Saturday. But um, anyone that's been in racing any time at all known that knows that Group Ones are very hard to win. So. Um, we'll need luck on our side, but we think we've got the colt for the job. So you win the Coolmore Stud Stakes over the 1,200 metres and you're basically <laughs> instantly millionaires because he's a son of I'm Invincible and surely you've worked out a deal with the owners that you get part of the, the fee from the stud who purchase him, uh, purchases him him after he wins the, the Coolmore Stud. So we'll tick that off. Then you go into the derby with Rogery, who you've just snuck under the radar a little bit, um, winning a couple of races at Tatura and Kilmore is at $46 with Bet365. The informed Billy Egan rides from an inside gate. Are you dreaming there, Lucy? 
Yeah, I, I really do think he'll run a race. Um, he's obviously, yeah, as you said, he's flown under the radar. We took a bit of an alternative approach by just running him in the bush, um, keeping his confidence up and, and not tackling the town yet. Um, we do really think he'll stay. I think these, these derbies from, from what I've watched in the past, sometimes I think it's questionable whether some of, some of the runners actually stay the trip. And even though we haven't run him over 2,500, he's been very, very solid over both of his runs at 2,000, and he's really bred to get the trip. So barrier one, I, Lloyd was very happy with the barrier. I personally probably would have preferred to have drawn a, f- a few off the fence, but, you know, he'll he'll really get an economical run from that gate, and I really do think he'll be he'll be hitting the line and be full of running, crossing the line, hopefully. You're living the dream, aren't you, Luce? You can hear it in your voice. <laughs> um, you've got a couple of Flemington runners and two big route ones on Saturday and nearly the biggest day of the year, Derby Day. It's very, very exciting. As yep. I said, it's um, full credit to Lloyd. He purchased these horses and had full faith in both of them. And, and also credit to our team. It's it's not easy to get these horses peaking at the right time. And, and both of our boys, we believe, really are going into Saturday spot on. So it's been a very big team effort. And I'm very thankful for the opportunity and just hoping that both the boys um, do their best on Saturday and come home safe. Yeah, you're so modest, Luce. It's been the gear change that um, Lloyd needed since he's um, had Lucy Yeomans like putting <laughs> blinkers on a horse. Yeah, um, he's jumped out of the ground. So we wish you the best of luck. You keep living that dream, inspiring stuff, Luce. And good luck with I'm Thanks. Unstoppable and Roguery there on Saturday. Don't Thank you so Don't much. forget us when you're famous, all right? Don't you forget about me. No, we'll never forget <laughs> about you, Luce. Thanks for that. What a star, Lucy Yeomans and Lloyd Kennewell. Well done to Lloyd. Like he's, he's been a successful trainer. He's a group one winning trainer. And he thought to himself, how am I going to get better? How am I, how am I going to, to get back to the top and mix it with some of the best trainers? So what he decides to do, he'll go and poach the best assistant trainer going around. And that was Lucy Yeomans in his eyes, who was doing a wonderful job looking after Kieran Maher and David Eustace's horses on the Mornington Peninsula and at Cranbourne, looking after a big team. And he processes her, gives her a deal that's too good to refuse. And you can see the results already coming his way with um, Lucy coming into his business. So um, well done to Lloyd and Lucy. And we wish them the best of luck on Saturday. It's 8.44. This is Giddy Up Stable Mail. Simon Miller to join us next. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. 0499736736. When you've had one of those mornings, it's always great to catch up with a great friend. Just to put a smile on your face and our great friend here on Giddy Up is Simon Archibald Miller. G'day, Si. Welcome to Giddy Up. Gareth, you well? I am very well. How are you? Where are you at the cafe there? No, no, just at the stable. So he's okay. travelled up well overnight and we're just... Uh, there's a bit of vet work going on at John, so I'm just poking around. Johnny O'Shea gave you a big hug and said, welcome back, boy. No, he didn't. He flew to Melbourne to get away from Oh, me. did he? <laughs> um, how are you feeling, mate? Because I don't know how I paint the picture. You're a football coach. You've had your best player be tagged out of the match. You're a favourite for a Brownlow. You're a favourite to win it all. And then Now, all of a sudden, you've had a few knockers. Some believe that she was crook and... Others say that she just um, is a little bit overrated. And now you've got a chance to prove a point and let her do the talking, I guess, in Sydney. But how are you feeling ahead of this um, $10 million race come Saturday? Yeah, I'm good. Um, she's uh, obviously wasn't at self post race, but, uh, you know, it took till Thursday to get back on her game. But then when she did, she was away again. Mm-hmm. And she had a good... I suppose we were lucky, Gareth. We had an extra... Um, week up the sleeve when we decided to go to the Eagles because you had three weeks instead of instead of two so we could just idle it for that first week until she really bounced out and was breathing fire and then then we were good to go um, so that worked out nice and then from, from when she started to dial back in she hasn't missed yeah. hasn't missed a scary feed and the work's been right up to the mark. Can you help us out here then so like I was at a function there uh, I've been to a few functions of late, but there was a Flemington trainer speaking at this function and he was mentioning that the virus, there's a virus that's gone through some parts of Flemington and 
it's probably a strong possibility after listening to you that your star mare might have caught that virus. In your time training gallopism, do you think that sometimes after a horse can catch a bug, that their next run that they can perform at their best, or is it still like an unknown until you 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 see what they can do? It, you you won't know until after the race. Oh, no, I think you're pretty confident you'll be fine. Yeah. Like, the funniest thing out of the Flemington one is that we were the first to probably get it, and okay. then when we when you're the we, one that passed it around. <laughs> well, no, no, but we we were the ones that probably you know came out in the media and just said she's not right, she's not eating. Uh, rah, rah, rah. And then yeah. the trainers, other trainers are pulling me up saying, hey, our horses are doing the same thing. So, yeah. um, look, once once they dial back in, um, then you know you got them back again. So, um, and she'll be fine. She's back. She, like, like her work's been exceptional. Um, she travelled up here straight into the feed bin when she got off the truck. So, you know, she's still in terrific order. So, I think whatever it is, probably like a flu, you, you get it and you move on. So, um, well, she's ready to go for Saturday and, and join a beautiful guys. Take us through the chat that you had with Damien Lane after that track work on Tuesday and you decided not to put the bleakers on her. Well, we discussed it the previous week and he was a little bit fearful that she was super strong when we put him on at Caulfield in the gallop. Um, and he was just worried, a high-pressure race, and then you throw shades on, um, you know, that does it blow up a little bit so he, he was he thought um he'd just like it to relax if it's a high pressure race but it's funny i thought about it um you know if she pulled up fine and there was no abnormalities then from that turac run and i would have to shade her up because you, you need to get a spike but when she pulled up with an excuse mm. i thought well don't jump at shadows you don't have to reinvent the wheel she broke a track record at the previous start, um, just make sure you've got to dial back in and, and she'll do the rest. So then her work Tuesday, reverse ways, gee, she was strong. Oh. And I was like, poof. I was like, Look thank out. gosh we haven't got him on. Well, I just thought that was my initial thought. Yeah. And then he came came back in and got over and he said, gee, thank, thank God you haven't got the shades on. So, um, yeah, so that was it. You know, the feedback from him was very good. She's had three reverse gallops and, and got on the right leg the whole time. So she's she's taken to that pretty easy. And, fi- so yeah. and, and finally, the barrier gods have been on your side. Usually, you get a double yeah. digit. Now you've got barrier number five, which is which has to be a big advantage, you would imagine. Well, we'd like to save our good gates for the for the, the ten million dollar yes. races. <laughs> what about the uh, uh, Sydney rang and asked if I'd come up and do the barrier draw and yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really want to because um, she, she just galloped on the Tuesday and I wanted to watch her on the Wednesday and see what she was like post-gallop. So Pete said, oh, I'll go up then and I'll do it. And he said, what gate do you want? And I said, just pluck us five. <laughs> up he goes, five. Thanks for coming. That, that's that's the positive thinking, you know, manifestation. I know that you've been um, looking for barrier five for quite some time and eventually it happened, Simon. And then I have a look at the weather report and at the moment we're on a good four. There is a little bit of rain predicted um, having a look at that Sydney forecast there. Um, what are you hearing from the locals and how do you think this track will be? Oh, there's, um, it's a good, it'll, it'll be all right. Like I say, I think they only predicted like five or six mil of rain on Saturday. There's none leading into it, so yep. it, it'll be fine. All right, perfect. Like, so, you know, it might get downgraded or just only one peg or something, but it won't be any silly. Yeah. Um, so it's exciting. So she's travelled up nicely. That would that would be her longest time in the truck. I know that Xavier and the team there at Platinum Transport do a wonderful job. In fact, it's easier to travel in that track than it is, say, flying first class like you do. Um, but how did she get there? Did she um, lap that up as well? Yeah, she was really good. So just got got off the truck, went straight in, put her head in the feed bin, and she was away. So. Um, Xavier did a nice little touch. He, all these trucks are PHT. Are they? Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, when Dino passed away, he got his new truck made up and put PHT DL. Dean Lester, he said, yes. We'll have, he, he said, we'll have Dean Lester scooting around from track to track and studs to studs. So we loaded it up, in come the truck, and I had a look, and he's giving me the Dino truck. <laughs> so um, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, and Xavier, of course, is one of your great mates who, who owns Platinum Horse Transport. 
um, the big question is because did he charge you? Oh, yeah, don't worry. He runs a business. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's Saviour Franklin we're talking about. And since I'm mentioning all um, platinum trucks, next time I have a horse, it'll be 20% off, thanks, X-Man. Um, he's got a punters club. You've got a punters club with X-Man and a few of your mates from Perth. So Yeah, we do. So, so how much money do you get to spend each week? No, no, we don't spend. We just wait till I've got one ready to go and then we bet. All right, so, then. So how are you betting I'm, this weekend then? That's all we wanted to know. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to have two bets this weekend. So Melka, Pindari, I think the punters club can set up on. But I, I just don't know what the price should be. She might be a bit short, but um, should have won for fun the other day. And how she got as close as she did was remarkable. So this is at Ascot. So Malcar Pindari is race two. Guess what? In the Amelia Park handicap over the 1,500 metres. Chrissy Parnham. Really? Yeah. Chrissy Parnham takes the go. ride. Um, yep. Garrett Al Stutter, part owners there. What else have you got for a sigh? Oh, I might just play play the jewel, providing she has, you know, the next 24 hours of bang, uh, what bang. we want. So, but, yeah, we'll see. But right, we'll put, definitely play Malcar Pindari. Where are we going Saturday night when 500,000 jumping in? And the charity, this is what I love about the Golden Eagle. So if if your mayor can win, um, half a million dollars goes to the charity of your choice and you've chosen a charity close to Peter Walsh's heart because it's based there in the southern part or on the um, where he's from there in, in Bunbury. And, and yeah, in around, Dunsborough. Yeah, around Dunsborough and Margaret River. Yep. Yeah, so he's got his brother's charity. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's good. He helps um, kids with disabilities and and people that are a bit elderly and struggling as well, and he puts them up. And So, yeah, it'll be uh, pretty cool if we happen to win the race and then half a million jumps into Greg's charity. So, yeah, it'll be, uh, yeah it would be. It'd, be. it'd be very cool. Yeah, that'll teach Greg for not getting into the horses with Pete all those years ago. Hey, <laughs> hey good on you, mate. So... We love your journey. We love what you've been doing. And um, we wish you the best of luck come Saturday with Amelia's Jewel, mate. Beautiful nose. Thanks, Gareth. There's Simon Miller there. Morning, Gareth. Great show. Heading down for Cut Week. Hoping um, the tour on suite is available. We'll see what we can do there. Gareth, can you read out those tips for yesterday for the spring carnival? Sadozy in the Oaks, etc. I'll do that for you, John, straight after the news. Geez, I love hearing from Mick Price. This is from Tim from Na Na Goon. So realistic and honest. Yeah, you could listen to Mick Price talk racing all day long. We'll take the 9 o'clock news. The great James Cummings to join us straight after this. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Great to be with you on this Thursday morning. What a couple of hours have we got for you coming up. The very popular and all-conquering weekend preview team to join me just after 9.45 this morning. Mitchie Lewis is in fine form. Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling for a massive weekend preview. Concentrating on Derby Day and also Golden Eagle Day in Rose Hill. We've got James Cummings not far away. The Blue Army have got massive representation in Sydney and Melbourne on Saturday. They've got some big chances in Melbourne on Derby Day, including Cylinder and the Coolmore Stud Stakes and Sardozzi in the Wakeful. They've also got Spacewalk going around in that um, Rising Fast Stakes and um, Zapatay also going around on that Saturday. So looking forward to that. Cascadian, one of our favourites, resumes in the Giggy Kick Stakes. And then Pericles and Golden Mile will represent the stable there in the James Squire Golden Eagle. And just after 9.30 this morning, Chris Waller will be joining us as well to go through his runners in those big group races um, uh, there in Melbourne. Of course, he's got a host of chances in the Golden Eagle. But it's always a pleasure to catch up with James Cummings ahead of a massive weekend of racing. James, good morning. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks for having me on. It's an exciting time of the year. Derby Day, where you can dress up in your black and white and head into Flemington, and it's got that wonderful aura about it. Um, the home and the spiritual home of racing, in my eyes, in this country. And you've got a very talented galloper in Cylinder going around in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. Have you been happy with him since Everest, uh, Everest Day? Yes, Cylinder pulled up fantastic from the Everest. And 
he just should be absolutely perfectly at his prime and ready to ready to launch in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. This will be a, this will be a vital race for the horses, um, for the horses' whole career, not just his preparation, but uh, but everything everything this preparation leads us to this Coolmore, and uh, and and I can I can I can feel like the horses. Horse is absolutely perfect in himself, and uh, and ready to ready to run his best race. You've got a wonderful record with these three year olds down the straight at Flemington. Can you compare him to other Group One winners down the straight from your stable over the years? Where does he measure up there, James? Well, he's got the attributes of a of a top liner. He's yes. uh, he, he's he's you know, equal parts tough, resilient, as well as brilliant, and uh, and and loaded with ability so you know that there's no doubt that cylinders our our premier sprinting three-year-old he was our premier two-year-old as as well last season so there's a lot to like about the horse but it is absolutely vital that we can we convert with the horse in a group one and uh and this would be an absolute major to put on the horse's resume but uh but look at the look at the race you know 19 acceptors in the field and Uh, the, the challenge of tackling the straight for the first first time for for cylinder, uh, but that um, that should not prevent him from being capable of winning the race. He just needs to absolutely run his best race, and uh, and he uh, he should be he should be right up there with the main competitive chances and give him you know give himself that opportunity to um, to convert in in a in a time on a group one. So when, when you started this preparation with him, uh, the, the cool one was his big grand final, but you decided to go the Everest with him before that, taking on those type of horses and mixing it with think about it and horses like I wish I win. Do you see that when you can throw them in the deep end at times as a three-year-old that they can go one way or the other, that can really help them furnish into a man in a way when they take on the big boys and girls in a race like an Everest? I've thought it for a long time. I uh, had that expectation that we would see three-year-olds in the Cornwall do exceptionally well coming from uh, from the Everest since its inception. And it was no surprise to me to see Home Affairs do exactly that in the race 12 months ago. Yeah. Uh, 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 two years ago, I beg your pardon, he, he, abs- he absolutely destroyed the three-year-olds when he dropped back to three-year-old company after uh, after finding the, uh, the pace in the Everest a little too hot. And... From that perspective, I think Cylinder and Shinzo have got a lot to offer coming into the Coolmore Stud Stakes this year. I, I've I've run my three-year-olds against older horses in the past with uh, with confidence. I ran Animo in the Cox Plate. I ran Prized Icon at Wait for Age on, yes. in the lead-up to him winning the Derby. And I think that uh, there's a lot to be said for that, particularly in this country. We love to see our three-year-olds tested against the older horses. One thing I noticed with Cylinder is that he follows a very similar pattern to horse, a horse like Zustar who won the race with lead-up runs at 1,200, 1,400, and then back to 1,200. And, and, and I, can, I can see Cylinder has enjoyed that rhythm, and hopefully that's, um, that's in the mix to, uh, to add to his attributes that you know, lead, lead to the horse being capable of winning the race. But I I, I I love this Cornwall this year. It's got the it's got these um, the big four from the uh, the first four home in the in the Golden Slipper are here again, and uh, and they're you know these this trifecta they're this trifecta from the Golden Slipper they're all main chances in the Cornwall this year, and that's a pretty rare thing to observe that the two year the brilliant two year olds from last season have well and truly all trained on it three to be uh, to be big chances in the Coolmore. It might be known as Derby Day, but the Coolmore Stud Stakes is the biggest race on that program. It's the the race that holds the most intrigue and there's plenty of um there's plenty up for grabs because if you can win this it makes your horse into a a big stallion proposition. So that's why I think it's so intriguing. And I've put that into my black book over the years. I always learn something when I talk to you, James, and analyze your training. Three year olds when you um, take on the older horses. It's usually a recipe for success. So looking forward to seeing what Cylinder can do. Your grandfather, Bart, was a hero of mine. And when I started to cover racing and, and fell in love with this beautiful game, James, there was a mare or a filly called Faint Perfume. And she was a beauty. And um, I remember interviewing your grandfather when I was at Channel 9. And um, just off, we, it was one of those all-ins. 
um, and Bart just said to, um, he just said quietly, he said, mate, uh, this, this or a few of, few of the, this horse will win the Wakefield and she'll win the Oaks. So I think we got about 30 to one for the double. Um, and his legend grew in our eyes, of course. We went to church that Sunday <laughs> and we even went to church and celebrated with Bart. <laughs> this, this, oh, we prayed on the Sunday after the Wakefield heading towards the Oaks. But Sardozzi, can she do what Faint Perfume did all those years ago? And like so many fillies have been able to do, win a Wakefield, then go on to win an Oaks. Well, I feel like she can. I, I uh, you know, interesting. It's interesting that uh, I have, I have done uh, similar, similar to similar to Fame Perfume. Zardozzi has had a few runs as a two-year-old mm. before she kicked off this campaign, and uh, uh, Zardozzi was undefeated as a two-year-old and just took a little bit to get going her first couple of runs, but uh, but she hit her straps once I got her down to Melbourne. Uh, she was luckless the week before the. Edward Manifold at, uh, at your meeting at Sandown on the Sunday, and and yet in the uh, in the Edward Manifold she was she she looked every bit the promising filly we were expect, expecting in the spring, didn't she? Yes. Um, she re- she really let down in a promising fashion. Um, you'd, you'd love to think that uh, you'd love to think that she's the type of filly that will look good over two thousand metres, but I can tell you I've I've been waiting a long time to see her over a trip. Um, I've had the oaks in mind with this filly. Admittedly, she carries a two kilo penalty in this wakeful uh, for winning that Edward Manifold. But uh, but I expect a strong pace in the race. I think she's freshened up well with the four weeks between runs. She's still nicely fit, nevertheless. And uh, and if she can overcome the, the weight penalty, um, she can overcome the, the, the draw where she'll be giving away a bit of a start, which tends to suit her anyway. She'll be really steaming home, and uh, I'd like to think she's got a mile and a half written all over her uh, coming through this weekend. And we owe you a few champagnes as well, James. The listeners are sending their text messages in because we were listening to you at the start of the spring. You indicated that our boy Tommy Kitten would be a great spring champion horse, and he was that and more there last Saturday. And you did indicate for our listeners a few months back that Sardozzi would be a horse that would be hopefully really competitive in the, the Oaks. And now she's a clear second favourite for the, the Oaks on Thursday and a, a solid favourite for the Wakeful Stakes. Let's well, move. that's very, kind, that's very yes. kind of you. I'm not sure if it matches your 33 to 1. You got about Bart's tip when... Uh, well, when, it's when, close. What did she start? What, 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 did, what did... She started what did on. She started there about $1.55, $1.60. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I was bragging. I was with a few mates and I went down to the... Like, I think I was only working. It was my first spring for Channel 9 and... Um, I told everyone in the newsroom, I said, Bart's tipping is faint perfume. We're going into the Wakeful and to the Oaks. And I, I remember when she won the Oaks, we, I got dragged in. I, I think I snuck my way into the birdcage somewhere, Jimmy. And then I remember ringing Bart. I don't know why I did that. I must have been brave after a few champagnes. And I rang Bart and said, Bart, you bloody legend, you've done it again. <laughs> said, said, see you later. He I'm sure went, it was well received. He, he went, yeah, he would have said. It's not like you to sneak no, into the birdcage, no, Gareth. No, wow. No, you James. must have been brave. I was brave back then. <laughs> um, um, anyway, we need to keep on concentrating now. Oh, it was nearly the, the driver was nearly the Hall of Fame. No one will ever really beat that 60 to 6 to 1 tip for the, the slipper with Cylinder. And we just went down. It still hurts us to the day. But um, yeah. that was one of the great... That was one of the great spruiks from a future bet's point of view. Now, talking about, you know, spacewalk, I, I, I felt sorry for him a little bit at Caulfield. I, might, I don't know if I was critical, but I thought, oh, that's just spacewalk doing spacewalk things when he loomed up looking like he was going to win. But I was having a think, and I went back through his form, and I tried to work him out a little bit. I think he's a dead set Flemington straight horse, James. I I, I'm interested. I'm interested in your opinion. Go on. Yeah, I think he's a, like. I think the way that he likes to get into his races and work into his contests, and you can just save him and put him behind a few horses, and then hopefully a gap appears late. He doesn't have to go around the bend. You can just put him to sleep in a way, and then go bang. And he's proven before that he can beat a horse like a bonus, yeah. not just down the straight, James. Yes, yes that's quite right. He, yes. uh, he he beat bonus notches home and had his number. Taken out of the frame by the stewards. Correct. The, the I didn't. But I think he still won that day. The the uh, the horse will the horse will run very well mm. um, up the straight. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And 
and I love the way he's going. Look, he 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 did get his head in front. Uh, he did get his head in front just before the line there at Caulfield, but um, admittedly he he uh, he was flushed out a little early, mm-hmm. sooner than Jamie Carr would have liked. Uh, she she uh, she reported back to the stable after the race, and uh, look, otherwise she just had the horse perfectly situated to make his make his sprint and. Uh, and win the race, and he would have gone into this race two from two this prep. But um, but he's in a handicap here, so he doesn't carry the penalty for winning that Caulfield Group Two. And I just can't help but think he's going to run well. Yeah, I'm with you. Can Gravina win first up? Well, he's a good fresh horse, yes. and I like the way he's going. He carries, uh, you know, he's got to give a kilo away to spacewalk. But um, this race can be, you know, this this race can be in a handicap. It can be won by a horse who's not necessarily one of the fancies. And Gravine is certainly going well enough that uh, that you, you'd um, you'd expect him to run a race. Interestingly, this this um, this race last year, Gravina was really, really flying and uh, and wasn't beaten far. Mm. Um, I think uh, I think now that he's arriving here fresh up, that might bode pretty well for the horse. What do you make of Red Card in the Furphy Sprint over the 1,100 metres? Can she bounce back? Well, I think that the drop back to if she can win this race, I think the, the dropping her back to 1100 meters will be will be one of the keys. Um, but she's got to get it a little softer than she's had it the first couple furlongs her last two starts. Um, that's what that's what we want to see from Red Card. She was absolutely dynamite first up at Rose Hill. That was 1100. She went straight to the front, but she wasn't going to the furlong quite like she she has been her last couple. And uh, and look. Uh, if they under if they underestimate red card, she'll take some catching, and 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 the the team's pretty happy with her back at Flemington. So there's something to be said for seeing her run a race in this race. Timmy Clark's got a great clock in his head. He won't be going ten to the furlong if he, if he can't help it. Um, what about? I tell you what, I know you're a romantic, James D Oliver in the D Oliver with Volana in the last race or race nine. Well, you know, we did. Uh, we did. We were on this program talking about Tamerlane and the Paris Lane with Damien yes, Lane. Yes, so you yes, know, yes. we 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 can't we can't ring off without right. re- reflecting on having Damien Oliver leading the field out as top weight on the final oh, race of Derby Day in his final Derby Day appearance. There'd be something to be said for him uh, getting the support, the supporting cheers of the crowd if he was to strike the front, you know, at the at, at the clock tower and Villana was too strong. I think the horse is really flying, and he can win the race. Mm. I do have uh, great respect for the depth in this field. There's, uh, there's, you know, this won't be easy for Valana with 59 kilos. But, but, uh, but I, can't, I, I've got to say, I really like the way he's going, and uh, I can see things working out beautifully from that draw. The way this race is shaping up, uh, ho- you know, hopefully he's going well enough to knock off his stable mate yes. if it was to unfold that way because Tamerlane's not going to be easy an easy horse to get past either he he loves 1400 he's, he just seems to be a really a real seven furlong specialist um and contrary to what we actually expected in the um, you know pre-race in the in the Paris lane he didn't quite get as soft a lead as everybody um, as as everybody might uh, have him have him de- have him down as getting he uh, he was softened up a little bit, but was yet still brave to win by length. And uh, and there's there's um there's something to be said for that horse that having been kept fresh, he's still ticking over nicely, and uh, and he'll be ready to run another good race and gets the gets the good draw as long as he as long as he begins well. So you know this is um this would be a good way to round out the day with a couple of good chances in the handicap, and it'll be uh it'll be an exciting no doubt it'll be exciting in the finish of our two horses looming up. Tipping J-Mac might have a big day in the world, might be on him in the last race, going at all the J-Mac all-ups with Tamerlane. So no pressure, Tamerlane. Um, what about my old favourite, Cascade? He trialed like, he always trials like a champ, but that was impressive there the other day, and he joined Zapateo in the Giga Kick. Yes, he does. Uh, he's he's going to be... Uh, look, we'll, we'll talk about Cascadian first. He's going to be uh, first up against these horses who have had... Very solid uh, and impressive sprinting campaigns coming through all the right races. So, feed on the ground about his uh, about his prospects of beating them home here. But we'd love to see Cascadian flash up and run a race um, 
it um, it might be the case that he has only the one run in the spring and then we put him away for the autumn right. because I'd love to see him uh, back in the weight for age middle distance races in the autumn and what would look like being his um, what will what will be his last ever racing campaign and uh, and we like the way he's built up to this race but uh, but but meanwhile uh, Zapateo who's uh, d- down down in the bottom in the weights uh, she she looks like getting a gun run here there's a bit of rain forecast for Rose Hill that should suit Zapateo down to the ground and uh, and she will really really relish getting a nice cushy run here with um with a there's not there's not so much pace predicted in this in this race but there surely should still be some pressure at the right time and she should uh, she should enjoy that economical run and uh, and be ready to produce a good turn of foot at the finish at least getting uh, getting a bit more fresh air than what she was uh, what what she was able to get in the Sydney stakes when hopelessly held up for a run back in the field in a in a slow pace time is running out but I thought she would have been hard to beat in Melbourne as well Sapateo so um, Dominic and yourself have decided to go with the giga kick which was interesting um, so yeah I thought J-Mac could have rode the cart if she was in Melbourne um, <laughs> what, about, what about Pericles and Golden Mile Golden Mile this is the the, the, the 10 million dollar four year old race the blinkers are off and there doesn't look like there's too much pace in this race that might suit your horse Golden Mile there's, there's it's, it's, it's amazing that there might not be much pace in the race and there's 20 runners in the field Look, the, uh, the the horse is he's a sharp he's a sharp miler. He can begin well and put himself in a position. But he did settle six lengths from the lead in the Caulfield Guineas uh, before winning that race. Um, he's, Zach Lloyd's going to need to make his mind up from the draw. Um, I can see the horse not being too far away, uh, but he, it'll have to entirely depend on how that horse begins. And uh, and his form is his form is interesting coming into the. Into, into this into this uh, golden eagle third place with the with the uh, the uh, uh, you know the the weight that he carried in the Epsom was I thought I, th- I thought very you know I thought his his effort was very very solid there it was a career PB um, he did it from the front which was completely foreign to him at the time but uh, but that more than justified the horse's position running a big race in the golden eagle I uh, just just got involved in a speed battle there in the King Charles that was not ideal. Um, I think he could have finished closer had that not unfolded that way for him. And uh, and if we go back three ago to his run in the Theo Marks, well, it was um, it was the gold you know it was the golden mile we've been expecting all preparation. So mm-hmm. coming to the front in the Theo Marks, he looked pretty good there. And uh, and he gets back to Rose Hill for the first time since that race. So there's uh, there's something to be said for this horse burning away nicely and ready to ready to run a another peak performance in this Golden Eagle this weekend. All right then, who's to pick your horses then in the Eagle, Pericles or Golden Mile? Well, then 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 you talk about Pericles, Pericles who yes. was who who would have been favourite in the Epsom had he taken his place. Uh, he missed that run. Um, I had to drop him back to thirteen hundred metres, which is not to his liking in the Silver Eagle. I thought his run was excellent, up on top of the speed, still still uh, fighting on at the finish. But but obviously not his best run for the prep. I I, I did I did uh, I did admire the way the horse went about things in the tramway, and he showed he's got versatility to do it from the front. So from that from that barrier, he can get uh, he can get run of the race stuff and be produced at the right time. Um, there's there's um, there's a bit of confidence around the way Pericles, Pericles is going too. So I I can't say there's much between the way the two horses are training. Uh, but perhaps a leaning towards Pericles, given that he's he's uh, he's just guaranteed to get a soft run in transit and get into the clear and um, and loom up like a loom up like a serious threat. Looking forward to seeing what hat you're wearing on Saturday at Flemington with black and white, of course, um, the colours that we need to be wearing there on on Derby days. The driver got a tip for us this week. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna have to um, do a better job than me. You're gonna have to track him down. All right, then. Well, I've, 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 He's too hard for me to track down these days, the driver. So I'll just have to make sure that um, he can come to us, the driver, because you just got to let him. You can't force anything with him. So um, I apologise to the people texting in. I've tried. Um, but as soon as he, he'll be listening, the driver, and he'll let us know. Um, but we wish you the best of luck, James. Is there any particular race that you would love to win this week? The this. Oh, I think... I, look, I, I think I think for the for Dahlia it'd be great to win this Cornwall this yes. weekend. That would be that would be the race. But um, but you know, 
I think we, I think I think Isaiah Sheikh Mohammed could also make room for another Golden Eagle on the mantelpiece. Yes, he and, needs uh, the money. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how we go. <laughs> thank, thank you, James. We appreciate your time and those insights as always, and enjoy your weekend, mate. Thanks, Gareth. He's James Cummings, nine twenty-five. Let's take a break. Chris Waller next. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. Yes, this is Giddy up on this Tuesday morning. I'll get to those text messages in just a moment. 0499 736 736. Coming through thick and fast this morning. The weekend preview team not far away as we get set to preview Derby Day and Golden Eagle Day there. At Rose Hill. So it doesn't get any better for us racing fans than champion trainer Chris Waller, who's been a very busy man. Every time I turn the TV on, I seem to see him this morning. Hello to you, Chris. Thanks for your time. We do appreciate you joining us for a, a few minutes on, on a Thursday morning ahead of a big weekend. Morning, Gareth. Yeah, it sure is. It's a celebration of racing the next week or so. It's just one race after the, after the other in both states. And yeah, it's a lot to look forward to. We'll start with your Golden Eagle runners. Now, we had the, the captain, Guy Moldcaster, on our show, breeding Bloodstock and Banner, and we were talking about Kovalika, his pride and joy, and, and we're thinking Cox played, and then you've decided, or the team's decided to go to the Golden Eagle, and just looking for a barrier. But he can't find a barrier this prep, but you put the blinkers on him on Saturday. Um, how do you think this race will be set up? And is it, like, are you concerned with the gate, or do you think that if you can get some cover... Um, they might be swooping out wide come Saturday. Yeah, you can always find positives when you're involved in racing and um, try and knock away the negatives. So, yeah, what I can see from his draw is he'll have a bit of galloping room Mm. and he can then get rolling when he needs to rather than being hampered in on the fence. Big field of 20 runners and expect pace and it be sustained throughout. So that'll give horses sort of lid to back their chance, I would think. What do you think his best trip is? Um, do you think it's a mile to seven furlongs instead of the, the mile and a quarter? Or is it just $10 million too good to refuse? Uh, yeah, the money is, is I guess, what what we're running for. It's a yeah. huge, well, it's the biggest winning purse in Australia. When you take out people yeah. have slot holders in the Everest, you've got to split that money. So as a single race, it's it's a huge windfall. Um. And the likes of Cox Plate's Queen Elizabeth, they're there in the spring and autumn next year. Uh, so I see the horse being a 2,000-metre horse, Gareth. Yeah. But he's pretty good. So I think he's got enough speed in him. Hence the reason the blinkers have gone on, just to give him a little bit more acceleration. And um, hopefully that'll do the job over 1,500. Ozapenko, yeah, I don't think he's had too much like this preparation, but you get the blinkers on him, but he has to drop back to the 1,500 metres. Can the blinkers sharpen him up for a race like this? Yeah, they will. And not too concerned about the distance with him. Yeah. Um, I thought he struggled at the 2,000 metres of the Turnbull last start. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's got some good form over the 1,400 to 1,600 metre trips. So... He's a colt. I think he's ready for the blinkers just to sharpen him up a little. Can Vienna Princess win a Silver Eagle, then win the Golden Eagle? Well, both runs back, Gareth, have been really good. Um, she had no favours in Silver Eagle and, and won well. Uh, she's got a reasonable draw Saturday, so she should get a more economical run. She can only win, so she gets her chance in a much tougher race, of course. These internationals are hard to line up. We had Will Bourne on the Wednesday debate yesterday, um, a successful bloodstock agent, and he was telling us that, like, it's been hard for um, stables to purchase a horse for a race like this because you don't know. If you if you go for a mile and a quarter horse, they, they might not have the, the turn of foot or the toe to, to go in the early stages of a 1,500-metre race like a, a Golden Eagle. And then if you go for their six furlong horses, our six furlong horses seem to be better than the European. So you've got Age of Kings here. You get the blinkers on him. Um, is, could he sprint Could he sprint well enough to win this over the 1500 first up? Has he got the class? He's got the class, but as you touched on, the racing in, in, in Australia compared to Europe is just completely different. And um, 
yeah, the class factor is not the issue. It's just that early speed and then being able to sustain it, uh, where in Europe they tend to jump, find their feet, and just continue to build and build stronger mm-hmm. uh, through the mid stages than what, what we see here in Australia. So he has to be able to jump, hold a position, and then be able to sprint off it. So unfortunately, it does take them a run or two to work out, and some of them might never adjust. But in terms of class, it's there. He won at Royal Ascot over 1,400 metres. And um, you'd think that it would have a right profile for a race like this. Can your Epsom winner win a Golden Eagle or a Dina? Um, look, he's drawn well. He's drawn the yeah. best of our five. Uh, he's never far away. We probably used him up a little too much the other day. So I think he gets a more economical run if he just sits in the trail. And as we saw in the Epsom, he's he's capable. Uh, his, his, I think he won his two starts prior to that as well in, in group company. So he's been... Yeah, sort of racing against the right horses, and he's a good, good, honest performer. Do you have a? Can you pick your best out of the Golden Eagle um, runners that you'll be sending around in the ten million dollar race? Look, it's hard. It's hard really for me to line up, but it, I know, I know, I know Mrs. Yeah. Wild would like Ozapenko looking at the ownership group. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> Kovalika and Ozapenko. Simply because Ossipingo has been coming out of those Group One tough Group One races. We just had James Cummings on um, just before you, and he indicated that like um, he loves putting his three-year-olds against the older horses, and you did that with Home Affairs in an Everest, dropping back to the Coolmore, not dropping back, but then going to a Coolmore. And James is trying to do that with Cylinder this year, Everest into a into a, a Coolmore, and you're doing it with Shinzo. Um, I talked to James the other day, and I watched his trial. Geez, you got him ready to fire, I reckon, um, well, Chris. He's, yeah, he's a very good horse. Yeah. He's been ready to fire all prep, but he's just had no luck. Yeah. Um, first up, he drew wide and he got into a really awkward spot. And then similar in the Everest, he was half a length slow. He was jammed up in the middle of them at the rear and needed a bit of galloping room to, to let down in the straight, and he never really got it. Certainly wasn't disgraced um, in a rock-solid race. And I just see him getting to the straight track on Saturday and having that galloping room, James McDonald being able to do what he wants to do on the horse. And, um, yeah, he's he's a very good horse. It's as simple as that. Are you happy with barrier four? Or would you prefer to draw wider down the straight? Um, not too concerned no. down the straight and yeah. what the V will be. Um, four allows you to get a little bit of cover if you need it. Um, that's if they're going quick. If they're not going quick, you can be where you want to be, even on pace. So, yeah, the beauty of straight racing is, I think, luck. You need a little bit less luck, and uh, as long as the track's fair, and Liam does a great job with the Flemington track and his team, and this day and age, you don't really have too much concerns about that track. We had a great pub debate the other day, or last night, with a few mates, Chris, and I, um, regarding Riff Rocket, and few of us said that just a dead set moral in the derby, if he reproduces that run at Flemington. Others <laughs> saying, well, I don't know if he can stay. I said, you know what, I'll ask Chris tomorrow for us. So, <laughs> do, you, do you think he can stay 2,500 metres? Is he, does he deserve to be this short, Chris? What's your gut feel? Um, my gut feel, going back to his Flemington run, which was so strong at the end of his race. Um, he's by American Pharaoh, who was a 2,500 metre winner. But my gut tells me, yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, I guess. Beautiful. Um, there goes the house, and we'll put it on him. Gamble responsibly. If you say he's right to go up, like that's it. I know it's the question mark, but you can't get you can't get that Flemington victory out of your head, really, can you? No, no, it was very good. And look, midway through the race, I thought we might be in trouble at Caulfield last start. They just lacked that pressure mm-hmm. and intensity. So, um, as I said earlier on, we always think positively in racing, and that's the way I'm going into. Saturday's derby. He's going to be awfully hard to beat. Well, he's definitely going into our multis now, Riff Rocket. A tissue Princess Grace Hinge, all strong chances in the Empire Rose Stakes. A tissue, um, you can go through them, Chris, but this looks like a perfect setup for her, and she does love Flemington. Yeah, and she was was unlucky last year in the race, and then won, I think, the last day. She won the similar type race during the championships up here in Sydney, so she's ready to peak at the mile. 
Princess Grace is a little bit plain last start. I think dropping her back to 1,400 might have been the reason for that. So she's back to the mile. And Hens just needs to find some better form. Now, on her day, she's better than the other two. So okay. we're hoping um, a bit of time down at Macedon and now back into Flemington. She can, she can revitalise and get a little bit of luck from the draw. You do an excellent job with your social media. So you can listen to Chris and... Charlie Duckworth go through the rest of your runners because we'll be here all day. But um, through Charlie's eyes and through Chris's eyes, I don't know what you got to have something like through Charlie's eyes. We're going to think of something for you, like um, <laughs> Chris's clubhouse or something like that. I'm trying to think at the top of my head. I'll, I'll have to get back to you on that. But what's your best over the Flemington Carnival or, or on Eagle Day, Chris? If you could, oh, have... we'll better stick to Derby Day. I think yep. Shinzo can bounce. Yes. Yeah, he's a really good horse, and I'd love him to show it on the big stage on Saturday. Mac is always, always really, he's always hungry, Macca, but especially when he puts on those Coolmore colours down the straight for a big yeah. race like the yeah. Coolmore Stud Stakes. Um, You'd be ready for the salute. Beautiful. So I think you're at Rose Hill Saturday, but will we get to see you at Flemington Melbourne Cup Day, or are you with the big dance, Chris? Yep, um, Saturday's home track at Beautiful. Rose Hill, and they've made a big emphasis to try and make sure that the western suburbs get a piece of the action, so it's important on yeah, here. Great. And I'll be there for the rest of the week. We, we're a national show. We love um, – I want to get to Golden Eagle Day. I think it'll be a great day. I think the giggy kick is going to be a terrific race as well. Just quickly, Chris, fangirl, have you made a decision where she goes yet? I'm going to make it either today or tomorrow. I'm going to go out and see her in Melbourne to, this afternoon Yep. and um, just see what I think. See, if I want to see a little bit of condition on her. I don't want to see her tight and tucked up after a Cox Plate run. Didn't get a lot of luck there. So we're keen to go again if we can. If we can't, we can't. So I'd say tomorrow we'll make a decision on that and, and then decide whether it's a mile or 2,000 on the last day. It's feel good. You've hooked him up yet just to give Solcom a speech. You know, they, I love those the, the speeches before State of Origin just to see if he can jump in the <laughs> Melbourne Cup. Are you confident that he can jump on the first Tuesday in November? No. Oh. I don't think he'll jump on terms, but no. if he misses it a length, I'd be more than happy. That's all he's done all his career. But last start was his worst. So, yeah, a few little gear adjustments was the blinkers coming off. Well, that's the only gear adjustment. And, um, yeah, just, just yeah, we'll give him a bit of a trot up before he goes in the barriers and just keep him on his toes. Well, we appreciate your time, Chris. Go and get them this weekend and for the rest of the carnival as well. We wish you the best of luck. And, um, yeah, rest up. Um, go for your run, whatever you do now, and we'll catch up with you down the track. Thanks, mate. Good man, Gareth. Thank yeah. you very much. Here's Chris Waller, 9.46. We're going to take a break, don't we, Jacko? We'll come back with the weekend preview.